0: There was a little drawing of a heart next to that, followed by an explanation.
1: welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me, as always. And this is week four of our down-tempo jams, dude. Today we are covering Underworld and their album from 2002 a hundred days off. So, let's recap, dude, the last few weeks, what kind of like styles of music we've brought to the table under the down tempo umbrella. Cause I think it's gonna be a little bit different today. So I feel like um between, you know, the three artists that we've covered so far, Worksop, Theory Corporation, Quantic, Quantic and Theory Corporation kind of like they're in the same building at least, you know what I mean? If Down Tempo was a city, you know. They're, they're, or at least they're on the same block, right? But Rourke Sop is kind of down the street a little bit further. <laughs> yeah, Quantic and Thievery Corporation—they, their flavor of down tempo is is like—it's rooted in jazz, you know, and funk and reggae. Yeah, right. But they but they don't like manipulate it too much. Yeah, you know? like it sounds like a polished, dancey jazz song, you know. And Rourke Brought in more of, like, the ambient, down-tempo kind of thing. And they they would incorporate, like, strings, at least some of the songs that we played. Strings, you know, and other, like, interesting... Like you said earlier, like, the incorporation context didn't necessarily, like, manipulate stuff. But, like, Royxop, you would hear, like, some, you know... Oh, it sounds like bubbles or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But today, we're covering Underworld, and underworld is like the house music kind of uh you know more typical like dance club kind of house music yeah but they take that house music and they and they and they flip on that down tempo switch yeah and that's the thing that like i don't think we've really touched on all that much yet is that a lot of these artists you know down tempo is just a a genre of of many genres sometimes that that an artist falls under like with quantic you know, they're pretty strictly down-tempo, but they also have the trip-hop label on them. And I say they. It's actually just one person. But uh, Thiebry Corporation, you know, they get the down-tempo label, but they also have, like, dub, reggae, bossa nova, Latin jazz, and then they threw in, like, Middle Eastern stuff, too, right? And then workshop it's, like, down-tempo, house, ambient, trip-hop. And then Underworld, like you were saying, it's more, like, house, dance, progressive, like you know even elements of like techno and stuff that you'll get in there but it's definitely more like dance oriented yes compared to the other ones but like all four of those artists still have the down tempo label on them so like much like metal and rock and roll you know electronic musicians pulling a bunch of different genres into their sound so it it's never strictly down tempo you know and so this is going to be i think underworld or at least this this album in particular is going to be a little bit different than the last three weeks, but in like a really, really good way. So maybe if you weren't into Theory Corporation or Quantic or Workshop even, you might you might like Underworld. And I'm bringing a bunch of different songs, a bunch of clips from each song to really showcase that, you know, like what we've been, what we love so much about Downtimbo is the layer building and the subtle changes that, that they'll add to a song as it progresses. yeah. Underworld does it so great. These guys have been around for a long time too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, just a quick rapid fire history on these guys. I'm actually gonna play a song from their first group that they were in together. So it, so Underworld is two dudes. Uh, at least now it's two dudes. It's Carl Hyde, and he actually does a lot of his own vocals in in these Down Tempo songs, which is another thing that's totally out of left field as far you know the bands that we've covered before, right? And I like like what I want to know, and maybe you can tell us this, Q. Is that because, you know, these guys formed in in 1980? They were a funk synth pop group. So the style of music they were doing probably lended itself to vocals, right? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. And so that's he's just been singing the whole time, and so they have that as just part of their of what they do. Versus, you know, Quantic, all he was doing was sampling stuff and you know, pulling in live instrumentation and stuff, but vocals, if you hear vocal tracks on, on a down tempo song, usually it's either sampled in or it's a, a guest vocalist on the record. Right. It's almost never the producer themselves. So yeah, it's what it makes underworld interesting. Yeah. So again, Carl Hyde, he does vocals. He plays guitar and he plays synthesizer. Um, and Rick Smith. So Rick Smith is uh, the main producer of of the duo uh you know he's the one who edits and produces the music i mean carl hyde produces as well but rick smith is like the brains he's that side of the corn for for underworld he also plays keyboard and synthesizer so they play a lot of their their instruments too that's another cool thing and they were in a band in the early 80s called freer so they were very short-lived they they were active for about four years as a band uh I am gonna play one of their songs, dude. I wanna show you I wanna show the progression of sound with these two guys. I love it. So again, they were part of this group. I'm not gonna name off the rest of the band, because who cares? Uh but they did actually have one pretty successful I mean it made it to the charts. It wasn't like number one or anything, but they had a single in eighty three called Dute Doot. If you've ever seen the movie Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise, it's on the soundtrack and we're gonna play a little bit of it. And it's dude. Get ready, man. It's catchy as fuck. All right, I'm ready. So again, this is Hyde and Smith's early group before they were doing Underworld called Freer. This song is called Doot Doot. They were they were just doing like the '80s pop synth thing, Uh, '80s new wave stuff, yeah, man. But that's that's really that's really interesting because like, how do you go from that? Like, you can you can certainly hear his voice, Mm -hmm. but other than that, like, extremely different from the underworld stuff. So like, I'm curious, like, how do they? What gets them to to the sound that we're going to hear on this episode? You know? Oh, uh, we'll get there, dude. Okay. But yeah, it's cool. That's cool to hear. Because, uh, you know what? That's what, I, that's what I assumed was what was the case. That, like, if they've been around since the 80s and one of them is a vocalist, I bet you the music they were making in the 80s was 80s, like synth pop. And that, that's the case. Yeah, and there were, it was a full-blown band, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, here's something cool, dude. In 85, Freer scored the soundtrack for the 1985 horror film Underworld. Okay. And that's why they changed their name to Underworld. And uh, just a nod back to the film that they scored. That's funny, man. And, like, think about that. Their name could have been something wacky, man. If, if it was just based off, like, whatever movie we scored is the name of our band, <laughs> like, it could have gone a totally different way. Yeah, right. But uh, Underworld's a cool name. Underworld dude. is a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. They split in 86, two of the members stayed along with Hyde and Smith as Underworld, Okay. Uh, and they continued to do the same kind of music, and then the rest of them split. What happens is, in 1990, or no, I guess it wasn't, it was a little bit after that, there's kind of a gap here, but Hyde and Smith pull in a DJ into their group. So they were, it was three of them. It was a DJ, Darren Emerson. And that's how you get to Underworld, dude. They brought in a DJ. And they actually had fairly big success off of their second studio album, which came out in '96. It was called Second Toughest in the Infants. They had one of their songs featured in the movie Train Spotting. Okay. Which is, you know, that's a cult classic. Yeah. So before they. Split from from Emerson and just continue on as a duo. They were just dropping club bangers, dude. Just straight up like four on the floor, techno house music. All right, so that so so no, is he still singing? Yes. Okay. Yep, you'll hear him in this one. So, um, again, this is mid '90s, and this is a song off of Underworld's second studio album, Second Toughest in the Infants. The song is called Dark and Long. Yeah, this is great because, you know, they they incorporate elements of that sound on the album that we're talking about today, but we're still not quite at like down tempo yet. You know, no. like this is, you know, if we're talking about like electronic music, if I can use my city analogy or whatever, then yeah, now we're like, you know, several blocks over or whatever from down tempo. Yeah. I don't know if my city, yelled, my, if that's going to work with this, <laughs> this um, analogy, but you know, if Down Tempo is a street or a building, then we're several we're several blocks away from downtown. But but we're getting what there. I like about this. Yeah, we're getting. Well, I mean, I like hearing this because it makes it, it now it, it I can connect the dots between this and and a hundred days off. You know, and think about too, like this came out in '96, dude. Yeah, like, this was like at the height of like the trance mm-hmm. uh, yeah definitely like, r- the raves and stuff yep you know yeah like house music was was all the rage mm-hmm. and it was and it was this this like blend of like trance and techno it was everywhere dude and i feel like you know movies like this and like the matrix and stuff like that really helped and of course, the Matrix had a lot of like industrial type stuff. Was it like Prodigy and stuff was on the Matrix soundtrack? I think so. Yeah. I should I should know this, but uh, but yeah, um, you know we're a few a few years out from 100 days off, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it sounds like by the time you get to the 2000s is when the down tempo trip hop type stuff started to take off. So you know all the records that we've talked about are around the early 2000s around this exact same time. The Quantic, well, I think was two, 2000 Cooper, or actually 2001. I think theory corporation was 2000. So yeah, we're not there yet. I think what's so cool about these two is like, they're, they've been doing it since, I mean, they've been, I guess they haven't been doing dance music since the eighties. Yeah. But you know, they, they had already been in the game since let's see their first album with, uh, Emerson in the mix was 1994. Yeah. So they they had been doing it for 8 years already before that's yeah. 100 Days Off came out. Insane. So uh there's there started to be some like friction uh among among these three guys. Um they were together for 8 years as a trio. Uh they made three albums. They also released a like a live DVD that apparently was a, a bitch to make and they got to the point where You know, like, they'd be in the studio working on a new album. All three of them would be in separate rooms doing their separate things. Like, there's just no love left. So, uh, Emerson actually leaves Underworld to focus on solo projects and a record label that he had started. Again, eight years pass as Underworld proper before we get to the album that we're talking about today. 100 Days Off came out in 2002. This is their first album as a duo. And, um, really there's not much departure from, from their earlier sound, but what happens in this album. So a few things, and I'm going to be quoting this interview that I found on this website that looks like it hasn't been updated since this interview came out. Tony Fletcher is the name of the, of the guy that interviews him. Uh, and this is just like, it's just a great, like blast from the past, like geo cities looking website. Love it. And he interviews Carl Hyde, and he asks him about a hundred days off. Because so the ma- the main thing we're gonna hear differently is really that it's way more like chilled out. You know, chill out comes to mind. That genre we've used it in the last few weeks for for down tempo. You know, that uh, like chill wave, trip hop. This album is really um, well. It's funny because the the songs we're bringing on that like ambient or anything it's not that they're ambient it's just like a just a different sound and so I'm going to quote this interview here for a little bit a little back and forth that they have here he says two immediate observations in many places it's very chill and in other places it's very bright and optimistic and summary and Carl Hyde says optimistic yes that's a fact and then Fletcher asks. Uh, As a casual observer, I'd be tempted to say, have you fallen in love? And Carl says, I stopped drinking four and a half years ago, and it's had a massive effect on my life and the lives of those people that come in close proximity to me. Uh, Not least of all, Rick. And Fletcher says, so that's what the optimism is down to? And Carl says, without question. The thing for me is I spent 25 years using that stuff to run away. And all of a sudden, you're clear of that and you've got your day back. And there's all this stuff going on during the day that's really exciting and interesting. Time opens up. Suddenly, I've got loads and loads of time. Then I start filling that time with stuff I enjoy doing. And also, not living in tomorrow or yesterday, but really trying to live in today. And that was a struggle at first, but when I started doing that, stuff just started. There was so much electricity. It was like when I was a teenager and went to art college for the first time. Like, oh my god, there's all this stuff, and it was great. You have to calm down sometimes so you don't get too euphoric. And yeah, man, I know how that goes, dude. And that's, yeah, and it, it comes across in this album, dude. And he's just, you know, super stoked to have his life back. His his relationship with his bandmate, Rick, is on the mend. It's interesting because, like, there's some, uh, you know, I feel like there, there's this, there's, uh, the, the overall sound of this record is more um, dark, but... I'm only saying that because I think that's like the, the deep house element of it, which I, I think is one of the, you know, this is house music. So there's going to be a, a more of a, a persistent, like heavy bass drum and a lot of the songs and stuff that that driving beat. But I feel like, it, you know, if he's saying that you can hear his renewed, like optimism in the record, maybe it's coming across in the lyrics, you know? Well, I don't know about that, and and that's the thing, dude. Like, I didn't really dive too deep into their old discography, and I'm I'm guessing you haven't either. So, no, I I'm familiar with a few tracks here and there, but um, yeah. But no, you know, he could just be saying that he's enjoying the pro the the process again. You know, he's he's enjoying making music again. Yeah, exactly. It, It yeah, it's interesting to to hear that, but um, that's good. Let's take a quick break. So, let's play our first song, dude. So this is gonna be the opening track, and these are gonna be some lengthy clips, dude, because again, I really just wanna show off this the like the transitions and the layers and just the subtlety of it with, with Underworld. I think that's what I like the most about them. It just it's really subtle, but it's it's it gets you, man. It's great. Now let's just say, Q, before we play this track. Because we had we had alluded to this last week, that there's a moment in the song that is one of our favorite moments in not just a down ball track, but maybe like any track. It's up there, dude. Maybe that's overselling it a little bit, but there's a moment there's a moment in here that 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 always that always gets me. So yeah. All right, now are we gonna play this uh, in, as one clip or two? So that so I was I was debating that, and the best way to to do it is just to play it as one lengthy clip, dude. So this is going to be a, a a beefy clip. All right, so this is the opening track off of Underworld's "A Hundred Days Off." This song is called "Mo Move." <laughs> how you do it man how do we how do we start to talk so you know okay so the moment where it all comes back in is the moment we're talking about um but what makes it so effective you know well they take that c- clearly they've got a microphone up to their to-go cup what uh their, their to-go cup it's got a plastic lid on it with the straw oh. <laughs> I'm Dude, let's look like that scene on Bob's Burgers. Remember, <laughs> yeah, Where they're out in front of the uh, store, and the kids exactly. are exactly got that band. <laughs> I'm convinced that's what it is. And the w- the way that it, it it feels like the the beat and everything just almost falls apart for like half a second, and then they pick it all back up. Yeah, it becomes like the syncopated thing almost, which which is so effective. Yeah, it all like syncs up at the end, but it's still in it's still in rhythm and stuff. But like it's they they cut out like it's you know it's it's syncopated. <laughs> if yeah. that, is that the right word? I hope it is. I think so. But yeah, it, it again, like it's just, and that's the only time it ever happens in the whole song. Right. Yeah. And it's cool. Like if you, you notice when they take everything out, that first synthesizer thing, the very first thing that brings in the song, mm-hmm. when everything else gets pulled, pulled away, that comes back. And then the 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 recording of the straw right, right. going in and out of the plastic lid right <laughs> definitely definitely what what happened in the studio yeah that's for sure what that is yeah man. but um one thing I, that that always stands out to me is um the vocals are just so dreamy it's just it's got such a dreamlike quality to it and even like the uh you know even the lyrics are very like um, well the first line is I dream dude right well yeah there you go a bit on the nose but like as far as um now that we know kind of what he was going through at the time, right? Well, he had he had gotten through it. He was right, on the right. other side, but the, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, like, um, right? You know, the lyrics are I, I'm dreaming or I dream that I'm chemical, I become chemical. Now, just th- those two lines alone, like, it, you know, the feeling of that dream like like state that I think that his vocals really convey in this song, just have such a it's such a great contrast against the 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 rhythm and the and the the kind of warm synth sound that's happening kind of in the in the background. Yeah. But it's such a good contrast, man. And this is coming from a a, a person that at the time of writing it and still to this day, I imagine, he was not putting any chemicals in his body. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No no mind-altering chemicals of, of any kind were coming into his body at this time. He was he was sober after 20 plus years of drinking uh yeah and that's that's all the lyrics it's i dream that i'm chemical i become chemical ride into the ocean of chemical that's it dude it's very over uh, and over and over meditative you know and this uh, this song has another kind of trance quality to it trance-like quality certainly that's their bread and butter dude and they're so good at it man and that's i feel like that's that's from their their house and, and like techno background right just that relentless like beat in the background yeah. So you so you have a second clip for us, huh? I do, yeah. And so with most of these songs, I'm bringing two clips just because I want to play enough of the beginning of the song to introduce all the layers, everything that you're going to hear. Yeah. And then I want to, with my second clips, I want to show what else, like the small things that they add to these layers at the very end that's really effective. Yeah. We had to do that for just about every song that we played last week for theory corporation it's kind of a the, the template of, of a lot of these really good electronic music you know songs as you you build those layers and then you something different happens the second part of the song you know yep all right so here's clip two from mo move drawn out you know fade out at the end there when everything gets taken away again dude and there's so many like really cool like percussive things going on during that second half Mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah and that's i'm wondering about them um compared to other down tempo artists how much of this is sampled I i would say probably none of it um i might be wrong about that as far as like the percussion instruments yeah, I can't really find any, um, you know, personnel. You can make you know any any sound out of a out of a synthesizer, right? Like you can make percussion sounds. You know, absolutely. I'm guessing that they are they are in that camp of like everything you hear probably comes from from them. You know. Yeah, I think it might. Yeah, that's another thing that's a little bit different about them, other than like the the you know female vocals that they bring in. Mm-hmm. I think it is just them two doing most of it, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's funny because like I think we we talked about Rourke and how the songs that they made on Melody M were so like they're just like these kind of pretty songs, you know? What I mean, very like dreamlike and stuff like that. I feel like Underworld, at least that that song, at least kind of falls more in that camp of like this is like kind of a, a nice, warm, pretty sounding song, you know? Yeah, there's a little bit of a string element there to some of the that 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 melody and the big difference with with these guys is that they've always got that like underlying like driving beat you know yeah almost ever present in a lot of their songs it, That it, it, yeah and it makes sense that they that they came from that that world in the 90s you know yeah exactly but that's what makes them so great and what dude what, what makes them even better i think is carl singing yeah and apparently he was super cautious about his voice in the late 90s, mid 90s. And uh, Rick actually convinced him to get singing lessons before 100 Days Off came out. So, you know, he came he came back into the studio a little bit more confident in his voice as well. And I'm glad that he sings, dude. I'm glad that they they kept that in as, as part of what they do. Yeah, me too. Uh, I've got a quote here from that interview asking him about his songwriting inspirations. And he says, Lou Reed's New York album. So that was an album of Lou Reed's that came out in 89. So Lou Reed is, of course, lead singer of Velvet Underground. Mm -hmm. He says, I thought, how the hell did he write that? And I thought, well, if it was me, I'd be sitting in cafes and bars and on trains and just writing down conversational English because that's the way he's singing on it. He's singing conversational American. It was about details, tiny details, not these sweeping statements. And that fascinates me. The little details like a photograph. So, that being said, one of my favorite songs on the album, dude, is Sola System, which is what we're going to play next. And I love his vocal delivery. I love the lyrics in the song. Everything's fucking great, dude. Yeah, this is a killer track. Everything about it, man. And this, you know what? There's not much down-tempo. Or even really that much techno or, you know, house in this song. It's, it's just a really great, like, just ambient, maybe new wave. I don't know how to, how to describe it, dude. Let's play some of it. Yeah, man. Let's hear it. All right. Again, this is track four. This one's called Sola System. one of my favorite parts about the song is that like that stabbed synth moment that just kind of interjects. Yeah, and, and it keeps happening. Once it comes in, it gets sort of added, and then yeah, I just I love how uh, you know because it, it it's out of place compared to kind of the rest of the song, but um, it's it provides a really good like contrast to, to to the to the rest of the song through his voice to to everything that's happening. Right, it's great. That drum beat's great too, man. Yeah, it's just front and center. It's kind of a more traditional drum beat, too. Like, that's not your that's not your techno beat, right? Absolutely not. And I just love his vocal delivery. It's almost like that lazy kind of style, you know? Yeah. It's almost like monotone. And yeah, dude, it's just all about like the, just the little details. There's no sweeping statements or anything like that, you know? Yeah, it's just kind of, d- the lyrics are just delivered, you know? Yeah. Just matter of fact, almost. Really great, dude. Yeah, what a great song, man. And yeah, totally need a second clip because there's a lot of stuff that goes down. Totally, dude. Let's do it. All right, so here's clip two from Solar System. gonna go ahead and say that this is a perfect song dude (laughs) i think my favorite thing about it dude is like this is them coming back just them two again after eight years of being in the game and they are bold enough to release an album with songs like this after making a name for themselves as you know a techno house group you know yeah totally so different you this i mean it must have been the last thing that, that any fans of theirs would have expected i don't know if they all you know liked it as much i'm trying to to draw parallels yeah because i was going to say like maybe this is the equivalent of like you're a metallica fan and you're all about and justice for all and then black album comes out or you know Sand anger comes out you know a few years later uh, probably not the same but i mean like You know, yeah, like you said, if if you're an Underworld fan in the '90s, you might be pretty disappointed in this record. You know, but again, like that's what makes it so great, dude. And that's like respect for them. And of course, this was our this album was our entry point into Underworld. You know, yeah, but yeah, I just love. There's just so many great things about this track. So many things in the background that happen that are just like surprising and like uh, you know, it's one of those songs where you have to listen to it a few times to really appreciate all the elements that that go into it, you know. Well, and we had to split it up into two clips, you know. It's even more uh effective, you know, as one piece. And I like that it really just it's like there's almost like no resolve to it, you know. Like th- nothing it doesn't change. It just keeps mm-hmm. it's the same uh repetition of of the the melody, the groove, like nothing really changes. There's no chorus. Yeah. What's interesting about that is that, like, that's what they do really well with their beats as, a, as like, techno and house musicians. The vocals are kind of doing the same thing, where it's just, like, it puts you in this lull, you know, this trance and stuff like that. Yeah, dude. This voice does that. The, his voice in the, in, the, in the song does that, you know. It's very effective. And it, it's, yeah. It, this whole album, from start to finish, is one of those, with the exception of a, 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 a there's one track that comes kind of out of left field. Um, speaking of his guitar, and I don't think we're going to play that one, but, um. Dinosaur Adventure 3D? I, I think so. It's got, like, the country twang to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Is that Dinosaur Adventure 3D? Yeah. yeah. Now that's a single, too. But with the exception of that song, I, I think, you know, the album kind of really does put you in this trance from start to finish because every song has this kind of quality to it, which I love. Now, the next track we're going to play is going to be vastly different from the first two. But again, it's got those trance-like... Like you said, I like that dude. It puts you in a lull. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, and this one's great. So, so our next pick is gonna be the next song on the album, and this reintroduces that female singer. And you, what's her name? Trev? you found her on Discogs. Yeah, her name is Juanita Boxel. She's got such a like lazy. There's no affect to it. Just kind of like, eh, I'm just you know, I'm just sitting here talking, and happen to be uh, recording it on tape. But it contributes really well. To the lull that we're talking about and that trance that you get put in. All right, so here we go. This is track five on the record, it's called Little Speaker. What a cool song. Such a blast, man. I love how the the drums really do kind of uh, build up. You know, you start to get that, like, hi-hat hit. And then right when we started to fade it out, you know, they really start to pick up. But, yeah, I I love, uh, depending on the website, uh, the the lyrics that I'm reading, you know, that really soft kind of vocal repetition that kind of happens after every sentence or every few sentences. I mean, I'm reading either K, as in what. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Like uh, the Spanish word. Oh, gotcha. Or um, go. I think she's saying K. I'm also hearing that. But it could also be like K as in, okay. Like an acknowledgement of something. That's what I always thought. That's what I've always thought too. Like like yeah. All right. Because this lady's talking and she's like, okay. Okay. I'm also reading into that. Like that could just be a vocal element that she used. But I like the way that it kind of like punctuates these thoughts, you know. It's really cool, dude. Really well done. But the lyrics are just completely, they're not, it really is like just free, like train of thought almost. Yes. Like just somebody wrote down their thoughts as they were coming to them kind of thing, which is really interesting. Like why? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> that's what makes, gives it that like veil of mystery and and just, yeah. it, it's kind of off-putting in a way. It is. Especially, especially when she's like, he, he, he. Like laughing and stuff. It's it's almost like you're eavesdropping. You know, like you're not supposed to be there in the brain. Yeah, you're. you're, you're yeah, yeah, dude, totally. It's like it's like you're one, like in one of those like spy movies, and you got like the radar pointing at the person's head, and you can hear their thoughts and shit. Right. But yeah, it's right. just so interesting, and you know, there's uh, we have two clips, I'm guessing, because I, I know that the these layers continue to build and stuff. Yeah, something really cool happens a little bit later on. Yeah, totally. So. Let's play clip two of Little Speaker. that optimism dude yeah it you're just right opens up in a really pretty way at the you're end you're right you're right and i guess we didn't mention that earlier but th- that is kind of cool that this track has sort of these um like piano elements to it and you can hear it there for sure well they didn't really come up until that second clip i mean it was kind of like a piano type thing um in, in that first clip but yeah not that th- that sounds more like the typical like clanging of like piano keys and stuff so i've got this quote That really sums it up nicely, and it's going to play in really well with our last pick. So this is actually um, from Pitchfork. Eric Carr says, Hyde and Smith refine their ultra-hypnotic beats to the barest, simplest elements, each time taking one step closer to some basic internal rhythm so instantly accessible that consciousness seems optional for its perception you could almost dance to it in your sleep hmm dude that's great i'm going to use that line for sure that's yeah because you're you're getting you're lulled into this state like we keep saying it's very dreamlike yeah and it was it was a fairly high review you know like i think yeah. he he wrote that in in a positive light but no that's great because like there's that there's every song has that dance backbone to it i liked that ba- the basic internal rhythm Mm-hmm. yeah ultra hypnotic beats yeah dude sums up 100 days off beautifully hypnotic beats yeah yeah especially with so last last pick we're jumping down to track nine this one for the longest time was my favorite off the record dude yeah and i can say with 100 percent confidence that that we discovered this track on pandora really oh yeah cool there's no there's no question about it but um yeah, what I love about this track is I I feel like it it partners well with Mo Move for some reason. Those two, yeah, those two are the songs that that go hand in hand in my mind too. But they're very different songs. But like you know, it's not the last track, but it's the second to last track. So this album to me has always been like bookended by Mo Move and Ballet Lean. Yeah, and Mo Move again is the opening track. So I listen to the whole thing so I can get get to the last track. Or get to the, the, the second to last so I can hear ballet lane, like you know. They just they work so well together. Yeah. We're gonna hear his guitar work too in this song. Let me just put that out there, which is great. Yeah, and the really cool effect that they have on it too. All right. Here we go. Track nine, ballet lane. Some really cool, like, ambient vibes with his guitar work. Almost like Robin Guthrie. Mmm. Good call. Which I love. I love that kind of stuff. Or like uh, Pat Metheny. Now that's a genre that we could do some episodes on, dude. Well, well, maybe we'll circle back to that later because we have we have plans and, and are shifting into something that we're going to be able to stay in for quite a while as far as our next batch of episodes. But yeah. I agree. I mean, we did, we've done one episode, I guess two episodes because we did we did Lossell, mm-hmm. and then we did Dead Texan. After that, as a sidetrack, but that's another that's another pocket of of um of albums that that we do you make say think. Yeah, Harold Budd, Robin Guthrie, like you said, Brian. You know, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, Ballet Land, dude. I what a what a cool song, man. And I mean, going back to that that Pitchfork quote like just the barest simplest you know that internal rhythm is there like mm-hmm. you know it's that do 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 do, yeah you do, talk about do, the whole time it's right. back there but talk about your like traditional uh techno beat yeah absolutely but it but it works so well with and what this is what underworld does perfectly is they have that backbone of the t- of the the techno beat but with these really lush and like beautiful textures like a guitar and like yeah. a spoken word um song you know or that really like lull kind of um lyricism that was delivered in solar system like they just they they do so well with the like the the contrast yeah it, it is really cool i mean that's again that's, that's what makes this album so memorable is you know it's a couple veteran trance and techno house producers that are kind of exploring like more of an ambient, experimental style, you know. What's crazy is by the time you get to this record, these guys are veterans, you know. That's what, yeah, exactly. They're, they've been doing it for so long. Yeah, so that's it, man. That is a hundred days off. That was a blast. I, I, this, this record has always been like, has, uh, it's just so special, you know. Yeah. There's nothing really that compares to it, that I've found at least. I, I think this is a great. This is a great record to to end this stint of down tempo music. Now, like we've been saying, we're going to come back and do one final down tempo episode. At least for now, we're going to do a down tempo mixtape episode in a couple weeks, where we each are going to bring five additional down tempo tracks from you know ten different artists, um, unless we have crossover cue. We haven't really compared notes yet, but I doubt it. You know what? If we do, I'm cool with that. Yeah, because the, the chances of them being the same song are, are pretty slim. And while we are twins, you know, yeah, this is true. But yeah, um, this is such a great record, man. And there's six more tracks that we haven't played, that you haven't heard. You know, we only played four tracks, technically five, because we played two months off as well. But um, yeah, it's such a great record. I feel pretty satisfied with our our down tempo run, dude. I feel pretty good about it. Totally, me too. I'm satisfied. Now the mixtape we'll seal the deal. But um, yeah, I I think we, we chose, we chose a a, a good, a good um, mix, I think between the the artists that we brought to the table. So, you know, after the mixtape, I think we've gotten this out of our system. This was something that was always going to happen. You know, I think all of these records were on our list of, when we first talked about doing this podcast, we had a brainstorm list of all the records we were going to talk about. I know for a fact, hundred days off was on that theory of your corporation was on that list. So yeah, this was always slated to happen. So I think we finally did it justice, and hopefully we made some fans out of uh out of out of our you know some down tempo fans out of out of you some of the listeners out there. That's what I hope more than anything, dude. I know for a fact we did for for that one um, listener who who is kind enough to email us and talk to us. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jacqueline. Yeah, Jacqueline. We've we've um, played one of her songs on What you heard. Um, you know she she emails us and and tells us about you know, certain things that she likes. She said that she was hesitant to, to listen to the rockshop episode. Cause she never heard of him before, but, but ended up really enjoying it. So love it. Hey, reach out to us. If you uh, love it, if you like what you hear. And speaking of where you can reach out to us, Q we're, you know, we're getting with the times here. Finally, finally dude kicking and screaming. Yeah. I don't know what took us so long, but um, you can find us on Instagram and that's where we would recommend you uh, you interact with us. If you're going to interact with us, do it on Instagram. Twitter, it's dead to us. <laughs> it really is, dude. Um, yeah, I'm done with it. Find us on Instagram. Just search for No Filler Podcast. You'll find us. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to try to do 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 some more interesting and fun things on Instagram beyond just, you know, a weekly post that, that talks about what the newest episode is. Uh, we're going to try to share some more music on there. So maybe you'll see some posts of, of some records that we're spinning at the moment, or, you know, a list of our favorite episodes so far, stuff like that. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that we could do. So, you know, we've just started, but, um, but we're trying to be pretty active on there at this point. So yeah, reach out to us on, on Instagram, follow us, do all those things, you know? Yes. Join us on Instagram, send us a message on there. You can also email us, uh, if you want to reach out to us that way. Uh, NoFillerPodcast at gmail.com. One of us will answer you if you email us. And we love chatting with our listeners, so reach out to us. You can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is the podcast network for music fans. Got over 60 shows in the network now. Chances are, if you like our podcast, you will find a handful of other great shows that you will love. That's PantheonPodcasts.com. And you know what, dude? I haven't talked about these dope-ass headphones in a while, but I did something a little bit differently with it, something I didn't realize you could do. Or it didn't dawn on me that this would be something that would be cozy, but you can adjust these headphones and like click up the ear pieces so that it sits in the head uh, band <laughs> so that it's easy to to store and travel with. Well, I clicked it a couple times so that the angle's different on the way that it sits on my head, dude. And now, the comfort level is even higher. I didn't think that that could be possible, that it could be even higher, the comfort level. Well, dude, it's, yeah, it just sits on my head in a really nice way now. So it's really ultra adjustable, ultra comfortable. I'm talking about the AKG Podcasters Kit comes with These super, super comfy headphones and the AKG Lyra microphone. My voice is coming out buttery smooth thanks to this dope microphone, dude. I'm in love with it, man. I love this mic. I love the kit. Basically, if if you're thinking about starting a podcast, grab yourself the the AKG Podcasters kit. It's a no-brainer. comes with everything you need. It also comes with uh, the light version of Ableton Live, the latest version of Ableton Live you're going to get the light version of that. That's what I'm using to to piece together the show. I've been using it for years. Just the light version. You don't need the full package. Um, Yeah, it comes, it comes with that. It comes with these dope-ass headphones and mic. That's all I'm going to say. Let me also say this, Q. Last week's The Recuperation episode was probably our greatest sounding episode yet. So kudos to you for, for finally tweaking those knobs and... And and all that kind of stuff, whatever you do in Ableton, but you, 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 f- you finally figured it out. Well, I appreciate that, man. And it, 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 it's one of those things where like, if you have a really nice sound system, you could drive yourself insane, just barely turning the knob on that treble or that bass. Mm. Yeah. And you're like, does it even sound different anymore? Right. Is it all in my head? Right. That's me, dude. Every week piecing together these episodes, I'm just never satisfied, man. I'm, Always tweaking something. Well, you can break the knobs off, dude, because like, whatever you did last week sounded great. I'm not going to touch it, dude. I won't touch it. Don't touch it. I really hope this one sounds good, dude, now that we're talking about it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right, man. That's it. Next week, we are going to be doing our monthly Whatcha Heard episode, where we each bring five songs to the table, just songs we've been listening to in between Whatcha Heard's I was about to say in between episodes, but we don't do what you Hurts at the end of, of each episodes now. It's it's its own thing. So join us next week for ten songs from ten different artists. Unless we happen to bring the same artist. That hasn't happened yet, dude. It hasn't happened yet. But it might. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. That's our monthly mixtape. I think I'm gonna let Groove Salad play us out again. What do you think? I like it. You cool. With I like that? it, dude. Yeah. So uh we're gonna have Soma FM, which is this long-standing, really dope internet radio program. Play us out. They've got this great down-tempo... They have two different stations now, actually, that are down-tempo-centered. Groove Salad and Groove Salad Classic, which is all the the all the music that was playing on Groove Salad back in... When did it come out, dude? 2000s? Early 2000s, yeah. Early 2000s. So right yeah. around the time that all these records came out that we've been yep. covering the last few years. And weeks. we were listening to Soma FM... We were listening to, Gro- to Groove Salad all all those years ago, dude. So uh, basically, I'm just going to press record and tune in to Groove Salad. And whatever song's playing on the radio, that's going to be our outro. It's always a banger, dude. Always. Yeah, dude. It's always great. So if you want to know the song, you're going to have to uh, check out our, our episode notes. I'll have the, the song in the, uh, in the track list. So, yeah, that's it. Next week, we'll be coming at you with our Whatcha Herds. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care.